Well, hello. Welcome once again to Voice of Reason Radio. Your host, your solo host, Chris Honholtz, feeling very sad, joining you this week on January 18th, 2020. And yes, I just feel really sad. This is the third week I have done this without my buddy Rich. This is just not feeling right. It does not feel like Voice of Reason Radio. It does not feel like I'm uh, I'm doing the job that I'm supposed to be doing without my sidekick and best buddy by my side here. And uh, really, really miss him. And if anybody knows how to ward off the, the demon hordes of internet gremlins laying siege to his home, <laughs> please... Fine, get rid of them and get my buddy back on this show. It is not right he is not here with me. But we're still going forward. We're still moving forward. And we're grateful that you continue to listen and tune in, even without the better half of the program here to join me. So thank you for being with us. As I said, this is Voice of Reason Radio. I am Chris Honholtz. I am running solo for the third week in a row, but... We care about you guys, we care about the show, and we want to keep moving forward and trying to honor God as best we can, even in these trying times. So <laughs> thank you for being with us. Thank you for continuing to be a part of this program. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I, I almost feel a little weird doing this because it's now the end of the, the G3 conference. Everybody's, well, they're posting all the pictures of everybody they've met. They're getting on planes. They're going home. And uh, none of you are probably going to listen to this. <laughs> you you are all traveling right now. So I feel like I'm kind of talking into the e- the ether and there's nobody there. But uh, apparently it appears to have been a very good conference. I actually caught some of the G3 conference live stream. And uh, well, for as long as YouTube doesn't delete it out of its uh, system, I have the the live stream that's still semi-recorded sitting there in the cache to where I can I can watch it. I got to watch James White. I got to watch uh, Steve Lawson and um, some of the other gentlemen uh, preaching. Phil Johnson, wonderful messages on worship. Really looking forward to getting the downloads for these and being able to spend more time just going through it because... Nice thing about live and being able to do it as it happens is you get to be part of that experience, but recordings are fantastic because you can pause and say, wait a minute, what did he say again? And go back and rewind. And so I'm looking forward to that. But some great, great Q&As, great messages that were had. And uh, a lot of you out there just absolutely went gonzo finding each other and getting pictures. I, I think the record holder for pictures taken for people that were... Um, you know, meeting up with one another. Uh, Debbie Unch, uh, Miss St. Louis Debbie 2011 on Twitter, I'm fairly certain got the record because she posted so many pictures of every person she ran into. And I'm fairly certain it was her life's goal to find every Twitter person she knew at G3 conference. (laughs) She may have spent more time running from picture to picture than she did actually listening to to, uh, teachings. I'm not sure, but... It was just an amazing uh, thing to sit back and kind of watch from afar, seeing some of you guys get to uh, fellowship with one another and get to see each other face to face. That is one of the beautiful things about conferences like this, is that people who can only ever get to know each other from afar, because social media only has so much that it can allow you to do, 
a lot of you guys got to get together, got to meet, got to fellowship, got to get to know one another, um, and just have that that close face-to-face -face time. And that's just an amazing thing. It, conferences are kind of a double-edged sword, of course, and I know that they they touched on this. I know Josh Bice and others talked about this during the conference, is that as great as conferences are, they cannot ever substitute for your local church, your local fellowship where God has planted you. And I think there is a t tendency uh, for some of us, we get excited about seeing people that we've only heard online or seen videos of. Pardon me as I'm trying to keep from coughing, so I'm drinking water while and not trying not to blow your eardrums out. Um, there's always that temptation to be caught up in the celebrity side of Christianity. And there's celebrity Christianity, and then there are well-known Christian speakers and uh, preachers. And I think G3 is does not engender the whole Christian celebrity mindset, but you still get this wonderful opportunity to meet and speak to and hear godly men who are preaching the Word of God. And you're just, you get excited by that. But I love the fact that Josh Bice and everybody there had a strong emphasis, from what I could tell, on the local church so that there wasn't a, this making the conference the big thing. It's, it's something we get to do. It's something we get to be part of. But going back and serving in your local fellowship, that was what is a, a big part of the message that was being uh, taught. And their whole subject this year was worship. So... Really looking forward to that, really looking forward to spending time getting to even see the breakout sessions, and really, really, really want to hear the, the, the guys over at Just Thinking got to do yet another live podcast uh, during one of the breakout sessions, and man, I hate that I don't get to see these face-to-face, -face. man, this is just not fair, I gotta, gotta tell you, wanting to see Virgil and Daryl do their podcast live. That would be an amazing opportunity. This is the second time they've done it. They did it at the Truth Matters Conference in California just a few months ago. Now they've done it over there in Atlanta, Georgia for the G3 conference. You guys are awesome. And uh, I can't wait to hear the podcast myself. <laughs> you guys got to talk to like Josh maybe and, and maybe get that onto the streaming camera. You know, for some of us, you can't make it all the way over there. <laughs> it would be really awesome to see that uh, see that go live. But anyway, uh, what a uh, wonderful opportunity. I hope every one of you that were there were blessed by that time and really enjoyed uh, what you were being taught and edified by it. And I hope every one of you takes it back and is able to bless your local fellowship, bless your families, bless one another with what you learned. Don't just let it end at the conference take it home and put it to practice. I pray that's the, uh, the case for you. For those of you who told me via Twitter that you were disappointed that I couldn't make it, so am I. <laughs> I would love to have been there. Uh, please understand, it's three time zones away from me, and the ticket price to get in isn't the problem. It's the airline flight, it's the hotel, it's the food. Um, single income earner for our home. My wife blesses me by staying home and taking care of our, our two teenage boys and, and homeschools them. It means my budget is limited. And when I got to go to ShepCon last year, thanks to a very generous uh, brother 
who if I just mention his name, his head's going to get bigger. So I'm just, y'all have to go back and listen to the Shepcon thing. And cause he's just intolerable right now. So <laughs> you guys probably already know what I'm talking about, but that's the only uh, reason I was able to go to that. And a lot of these things I have to watch from afar. I just, we have a limited budget. We uh, we don't have the ability to make those travel plans quite as much as we'd like to. And quite honestly, I think next year's not looking so good either because we are uh, at this point where it's like, oh, yeah, we really need to get another vehicle because uh, this one's approaching rapidly that 200,000 mile mark. So <laughs> it's getting to that point where it's like if we don't put the money into something that's going to last us a little bit longer, um, we're going to be doing a lot of walking. So, <laughs> so but anyway, that's that's uh, the, that kind of travel takes a lot of time and effort and money, and it's not always something I can do. I am grateful to see my brother and be able to go. So I missed you guys. I wish I could have gone. Uh, it, uh, some of you were very kind, wishing I, uh, wishing me well and hoping I, I had been there, but couldn't make it. I'm really sorry. Now, said at the beginning of the program, my buddy Rich is still... Under internet siege, the, the gremlins are on the attack. We're hoping, we're really, really hoping that things will change. That the new modem will show up. That AT&T will finally get his some sort of stable internet out there. Keep praying for him. Uh, we really want him back. Like I said, it is so weird to do this without him. It just doesn't feel right. That being said, he is grateful for all the prayers that you've given. Many of the illnesses that have... Uh, come upon the family if have gotten so much better be, uh, because of your prayers he is grateful they are all very grateful um please pray for his son there's you know recent weather issues caused flooding and damaged the uh, the young man's vehicle and it's very likely that that thing is is really um probably going to be in some need of some serious repair it's just not running at all so be in prayer for that but uh keep praying for him you know it's not like i said this is not the right thing. It just doesn't feel complete to, to do this three weeks in a row. It just doesn't feel right to do this without him. Um, also, however, we've been putting uh, notices out there via the internet. We have created a YouTube account for Voice of Reason Radio. I will put the account page in the show notes. There's only one video. It's about a three, four minute video of my face <laughs> saying welcome to the, the to the web page. And that's it. That's It's nothing big at the moment. What our hope is, and I'm going to pick the brains of some people who have done this kind of stuff, is to make the YouTube page an extension of the podcast in that we will try to live stream, if I can convince Rich to get on camera, uh, try to to live stream the recordings of the podcasts, and the reason that I've done this is I've gotten like hooked into watching some j very different videos uh, and accounts on YouTube. I, I usually avoid YouTube like the plague unless I absolutely have to go look for something, and stumbled across a video that looked kind of interesting, and now I'm like watching the account like crazy. It's um. If some of you know what Reddit is, it um, I barely know how it functions, but I'm kind of starting to understand. It's another form of social media. A lot of people write, you know, story or stories of things going on in particular groups that they call subreddits. So if you think of a Facebook group, that's you know maybe you like like my wife, you like to do crochet type work, and you can go on. 
Facebook and you can find groups about crocheting. Well, on Reddit, you do a, a subreddit, which is a subsection of the overall Reddit site, and you could find stuff on crocheting. Best way I can explain it. I don't know it that well. But thanks to this microblogging type site, you read all kinds of accounts of very bizarre things. And one of this, these is um, these subreddits is it describes things like entitled parents who are in, act insanely in defense of their children. Not like the chill, child needed defense, but my child got a bad grade. It must be your fault right type of thing or you know you have something i want it for my child i'm taking it away that kind of thing or tales from tech support or you know um it, all kinds of different things and there's a youtube channel where the guy simply reads those accounts and i'll tell you something if you ever want to see evidence of the the effect of the fall the 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 evidence of total depravity go to what an account on YouTube called r slash mind you some of the the accounts he reads secular so but so the language isn't always great but they are accounts of people acting in just bizarre manners uh, people who lose absolute sanity when they go to a store and try to get help from who they think is an employee and it's just another shopper there and they go nuts because they think that the person's lying to them because they're they're they think that the person works there when they don't um it just bizarre behavior but it is evidence of the fall it is evidence of the the uh, uh total depravity and original sin in people's lives it, it's like watching a train wreck I can't take my eyes off it anyway i found myself more and more being sucked into these videos and i normally would not do so and it made me realize some of these accounts have a million plus subscribers. Now, I have no illusions that uh, Voice Reason Radio would ever have such a large following. So that, that won't happen. But it made me realize that there is a massive amount of platform available just simply going to YouTube and creating videos and putting them online for people to watch. And so... It's a, it's, an, it's a platform we've never used. It's a platform we've never investigated. And yet there are millions of people who go to it every day and spend hours looking at videos. And all you have to do is click on a video that interests you and on the side are a whole bunch of suggested videos. And if you leave the autoplay on, it'll go to the next video. So uh, my feeling is, why not give this platform an, a, a try? Why not put these programs on the internet through YouTube, where people can watch and listen. And live streaming it would actually allow for a, a visual aspect that just doesn't come with hearing it over the uh, through your earbuds or on your uh, car stereo. So that's the attempt that we're going to make. There's some work that needs to be done with that. I had hoped to put this, uh, this particular show on earlier tonight. Uh, it's about 6.30 my time as I'm recording this. I had hoped to do this a couple hours ago. Unfortunately, what I discovered is even though I verified the Voice of Reason Radio YouTube account, it's currently not enabled to do the live stream for at least another 24 hours. So I tried to find some other ways around that and it didn't quite work out. Looks like I'm going to have to invest some time and energy into some software research, talk to some friends who have done this kind of stuff, 
I know Andrew Rappaport's done it with his shows. I know uh, Andy Olson with uh, Echozoid Radio has used it. So need to do some research, do some uh, experiments. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll get that up and running and we'll have a, uh, a YouTube channel that'll actually produce something. So pray for that. Pray that uh, it would be something that God uses that actually uh, reaches some folks that wouldn't normally consider listening to a podcast, but would, you know, spend some time staring at a YouTube channel. So we're going to give that a shot. As I said, I'm going to put that in the show notes. If you feel so inclined, you are more than welcome to subscribe. There's only one video. It's going to take a little bit of time before we get all of this up and running the way I'd like to see it done. But bear with us. We would love to love to uh, share that with you. So Thank you, uh, you know, for allowing me that little bit of rambling introduction time, but I just wanted to put those things out there. So I was kind of coming into tonight with not really sure what I wanted to, to talk about because some of the topics suggestions you guys have sent, I really wanted Rich and I to go over together. He always brings a lot of good insight into those topics, um, and I want to continue. I want to continue to work that with him. One of the things I think that makes this show interesting to some of you guys is it's not just one guy talking into a microphone. It's it's two Christian brothers having that conversation and working through an issue, whether it's uh, you know stuff in the public eye, stuff that's on the news, your day-to-day stuff, you know, work, whatever. It is makes that I think that's what makes this program work is when the two of us can talk through those issues. So I got to thinking about it. It's like, what could I talk to you about? Well, I've been spending time in Scripture, as we all ought to be, by the way. Uh, this should not suffice for your Bible study. This is not your Joel Osteen devotional. Please, you know, first off, throw that thing in the garbage. That is worthless. Uh, <laughs> that's, I'm going to hit hate mail for that one. You just can write me at voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com. Um, <clears throat> but we all should be taking time to do devotions every day. Well, this year, I decided to do something uh, that I've tried before in the past, but haven't always been very uh, consistent with. And I went out and got a little bookmark thing for my Bible that has four t- uh, four of the nice little ribbons. And I broke it up. I'm breaking up my Bible into four sections. And I'm doing a, a chapter out of the Old Testament, chapter out of the New Testament, one Psalms, one Proverb, and one of the Psalms, because James White will smack me if I say Psalms as a particular book. <laughs> it's Psalm 1, not Psalms 1, for example. Uh, but anyway, that's how I have it set up right now. And then I'll, once I complete Proverbs, I'll probably go into some of the other uh, po- books of poetry as well. But I want to kind of make a full study of the scriptures. That way, it's not just spending most of my time in the New Testament, some in the Old, occasionally reading the Psalms, Etc. I'm going to make a, a more consistent study, a more widespread study of the scriptures. Well, there were things that, as I was studying these last couple of days, that helped me in my in my mind to, um, how can I say this? To have some confidence and to have some comfort, because it's really hard sometimes, even though we can acknowledge in our minds that God is in control. Sometimes it's really, really hard to find comfort in the midst of trial. When you see the um, the wicked seeming to be prevailing in their works. 
when the world continues to get darker, when events in your life seem so out of control. And so there were things that I wanted to, just some passages I wanted to share with you that I thought were helpful to me. And my hope is they'll be helpful to you as well. So let me share with you a couple things. Uh, let's start with Psalm 10. And I'm going to start in verse 14. Well, actually, let's back up to 12. We'll give it a little bit of a context. And the writer of this psalm says, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand, forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, You will not call into account? But you do see, for you note mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. I looked at this and it, you know, I made a note in the margin of my Bible and it says, No evildoer will escape God's sight or his judgment. When I read that, it just, it just made me stop and think for a second. It is so easy in our current culture and our current climate to look at the world around us and see the growing immorality that it's basically taken control. We've lost all sense of reality in the world that we're living in right now. It's just gone berserk. We're watching, even in our own government, and, and some would argue maybe it's justified, maybe it's not, but I don't think anybody can deny that within our own government there is a politically motivated attempt to unseat the current president. Whether you think President Donald Trump has done wrong or not, the simple fact of the matter is there's nothing that he did in that instance that probably every president in my lifetime has done. I'm not saying that it's justifiable. I'm simply stating every one of them probably has done something akin to that during their administrations. And if anybody had been under the microscope that the way that certain elements of our government have put him under, every single one of them would have been found out and every single one of them might have been facing the same thing. But nobody's done that with them. This has been a politically motivated uh, act. There's no question about that. It, it, you can go back to the but the day he was elected and he was that was the case, that they were saying that they were going to do this. <clears throat> so not, my point is not to bring up the politic issue, but really more to say we can look at stuff like this and go, this is insanity. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, an, uh, an obvious crime that, uh, you know, you know that uh, this man needs to be put away forever or something like that. We're, we're talking about political motivation. Oh, look, we found something. Let's go for it. And, and we can get downtrodden. You know, we can get really down with that. Uh, we can feel like we've been kicked in the shins. We watch certain things where the abortion, pro-abortion, uh, you know, pro-death apologists of our day are just rampant in their hatred for life in the womb. We're watching people more and more every day who embrace the LGBT religion. And yes, I'm going to call it that. It's a, it's, they are promoting what they believe with religious fervor. They have, they have 
uh, people who are their evangelists and their apologists out there doing this. This is a religious movement, you know, and we look at this and we think, how can we possibly find any comfort, any joy, any peace in all of this? And I look back to Psalm 10, 14, but you do see, for you note mischief and vexation that you may take it into your hands. To you, the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. God sees. He notes it. He will deal with it. You go to verse 17 and he says, and the writer says, O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that the man who is of the, of the earth may strike terror no more. There is a promise in Scripture that God will deal with the evildoer. He's not going to escape anything that is, that is occurring in this world. We may not see the justice of God in this, in this lifetime, but we will see it in, at the end when he judges and he condemns all those who have warred against him. We go back to Psalm chapter 9 in verse 7. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. Verse, uh, verse 9, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. If there is any peace, any joy in our lives, it is knowing that our God is a God who fulfills his promises. He is a God who is just and righteous. He is holy and he is perfect. In this life, we may not see the justice we sometimes so strongly desire. We may not see ourselves delivered from the affliction or the oppression that we are currently enduring. But God is a God who will not sleep and slumber when it comes to administering justice. He will stand, there will be all of us standing before Him on Judgment Day. Every single one of us and is going to sit there with the books of our lives open and exposed for all to see. The evildoer cannot and will not escape his justice. The unrighteous, the man still in his sins, is going to be condemned. That may not bring us comfort right now. Maybe you're dealing with a very difficult person in your life. Maybe this person is abusive toward you or verbally uh, hateful toward you. Maybe you work in an industry or a job that just every day you go there, it tears you down and, and just breaks you apart. Maybe your family life is so difficult. You've got an in-law who just can't stop from getting involved and just always has to tear you down and make you feel terrible. There's so many things. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's, an, maybe it's because you are injured or ill because of an accident that's at the hands of another. How can you possibly find comfort in that in that time? It is knowing that you are a child of the Father 
who will not leave you fatherless. You may be going through a difficult time right now. You may go through it for the whole of your life. Why is that a comfort? How can I possibly imagine that to be something that's a good thing? Because this God that you serve sees it. He knows it. And he's allowed it for a reason. And if it's at the hands of another, he's not going to leave that person without judgment. That person may live their entire life thinking they've gotten off scot-free. They may think, I, I, I'm getting better and better by day by day, and I treat people like garbage. Who cares what they, you know, what they, they think about me? We see it with corporations all the time. You know, yeah, I don't want to say that in, in, in like an anti-business type corporate-minded person, but we see, for example, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. That does happen. We see people who run companies who withhold wages, who treat their employees poorly. We see them take their, uh, you know, their companies overseas into poor, downtrodden areas and pay their people like a 25 cents a day. How can we possibly look at that and not and find any comfort? Because we know that that person who sits there, just counting his riches. And thinking of the power and the influence and, uh, you know, that he has. That's all he's going to get. Because one day, as Christ said in the parable of the man who built up his barns and said, Oh, you know, I've got so, so much harvest. I'm just going to tear down my barns and build up another one. He says, You're fool. You know, you're going to die tonight. And tomorrow somebody else is going to take what you've built. That is what we need to remember. It is hard when you are afflicted and in pain and hurting because of someone else. Yet, your God sees it. Your God is a God of uprightness and justice. And he will call into account the unjust scales of the man who has deprived you. Of the person who has hurt you. There are some who look at our justice system today and say, this man got away with murder, and maybe he did, but he will not escape the justice of God. Please know that your God does not sleep, he does not slumber, and he does not turn a blind eye to injustice. He is a God who forever will see and know and call into account the guilty on the day of judgment. And that's where we find, I believe, the peace and the comfort. Think about this. Think about the apostles in the book of Acts. They were unjustly treated. They were beaten and afflicted and put into prisons and you know, sometimes martyred for their faith. How could they have peace knowing that everywhere they went, Paul, every city he went to, the Jews followed and caused strife. He got stoned and left outside the city for dead. He had people who wanted to, you know, who had committed themselves to fasting until they murdered him before he was taken to be taken to trial uh, before the Romans. How could he have joy? Because he knew every one of those would one day be held in account before the Lord. And that drove him to continue to serve God in every manner possible. 
do you think that there were days that, that Paul felt depressed, felt hurt, you know, maybe felt abandoned? I would suspect that if he was like any other man, then yes, he did. But how could he possibly move forward knowing that he served a God of justice, a God who had appointed him these things, a God who would, who would call into account all who afflicted him, even though what he went through was terrible. Even though he was in physical pain, he was deprived, he was poor, he was without food, he had people abandon him when he was put into jail. Yet he stayed faithful and joyful to preach the word of God. And it's because he knew that God would not falter in his justice. I go back and I look at Matthew, and I think chapter 10, where he's talking to the disciples, and he's sending them out, and he's preparing them and telling them what to take as they go out. And he tells them in chapter 10, verse 16, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. In other words, I'm sending you out as my servants, meek and mild, so to speak, unarmed, unable to protect yourself. And that's what sheep are. Sheep are kind of dumb too. But I'm, and, and so that makes them easy prey. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. In other words, people who want them dead. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Now, to be wise about what was going on in the world. To be wise and not be foolish. To know that the, the attacks of the enemy were there. To be prepared for them. But to not return in kind their violence, their animosity, their hatred. And he gives them warnings saying that they'll be delivered up and, and, and not to worry, talking specifically to the disciples, not to worry when they go before governors and, and authorities about what they'll say because the Holy Spirit will give them utterance. But then he says in verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. The disciples were servants. They could not exceed Christ. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. So their goal was to become more like Christ. They could never exceed him, but to become like him. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So again, he is sending them out, telling them that the wolves are at the door ready to devour them, that there will be people who will seek to imprison them, beat them, put them to death. And that the, and the very fact is, they are his servants. And they, if they hate Christ, who they would later put on the cross, how much more would they hate his followers? This is a promise from Jesus. So Chris, why are you telling us this? This is not making me feel any better. <laughs> So verse 26, so have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that or, or hidden that will not be known. Those who hated Christ cloaked themselves in a veneer of righteousness. The religious leaders of his day cloaked themselves in this appearance of godliness. 
They tried to hide their hatred. Tried to hide it and make it look like it was justifiable. Nothing about what they did would not be uh, would remain concealed. It would be exposed. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. That you and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the house or on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. A God of justice. He sends them out knowing that some will face persecution to the point of death. And how does he comfort them? Do not fear them. They can only put you to death. What does that put you? It puts you before your Savior in heaven. Rather, fear him who can destroy body and soul in hell. Those whom God would judge will find that out. Then he says, verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Worthless birds. And yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from God's God's will. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. I mean, have you ever tried to count your hairs? All right, I I grant you, some of us have less hair than others. It might be easier to do. But (laughs) have you ever tried to count your hair? It's impossible. Yet every one of those hairs of your head are precious to God to the point that he numbered them. There's not a hair that falls out of your head that he doesn't know about. There's not a split end that he, that he hasn't ordained. And then he says in verse 31, Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. If a hair from your head will fall or a sparrow gets knocked in the head and falls out of a tree and not one of those things happens without the will of God being involved, not one thing that occurs is without God's involvement. How much more does he care for you, a child of his through Jesus Christ? You are of more value than many sparrows. Does that mean that nothing will happen to you? Of course not. The sparrows fall from the sky. God knows it. God ordains it. God wills it for his purposes. Will you face persecution, affliction, oppression? Yes. Will terrible people come into your life and harm you? Yes. But you are of more value than many sparrows. And if Christ tells the apostles that the people who seek to oppress them and harm them and persecute them and kill them will one day face the just and righteous and holy God. And that's whom they should fear. And you are of more value than many sparrows who could fall from the sky and most people wouldn't care about. (coughs) Excuse me. Then how much more can you rejoice knowing you are a child of God and those who have hurt you will one day stand before him. Think about that. Think about that. You have a God who values you more than many sparrows, who numbers the hairs of your head, and yet he has promised you that you'll encounter affliction, trials, difficulties, And just like a sparrow may fall from the sky, you will encounter these difficulties and it will hurt. And yet he has a plan and a purpose involved. 
And for those who are responsible for bringing this into your life, he will hold them accountable. Maybe it's not now. And that's difficult to hear and that's difficult to think about. But maybe it's not now that that's going to happen. But it will happen on the day of judgment. And that is where we can have peace. Now, something to take into consideration. We are not to fear those who can kill the body. Rather, we fear the one who destroys both body and soul in hell. Let me ask you a question. Wasn't there a day when you were on the other side of that coin? That you were the one that had warred against God? That had hurt others? That had caused misery or pain? Or just maybe didn't care about people who did? Cared more about yourself? Didn't care about the things of God? Cared more about your sin? And yet God in His mercy brought you into His family. How do you do that? Through Jesus Christ, right? What does that say about you right now? Are you better than those who have brought the affliction upon you? Of course not. You deserve God's judgment as much as they do, right? Yet God in His mercy, through His Son, poured, poured out His wrath on His Son in your place. And made you righteous before his eyes by giving you the righteousness of Christ. The reason I want to bring that up is in this day and age, there's so much desire to see the other side get theirs. I mean, we, in our nation here in America, we are so divided over some of the craziest things. And there's so, so little tolerance for any dissenting view. It's just become, it's intolerable, quite honestly. We've talked about it on the show on, on many, many occasions about Christian social media, how we are just so antagonistic to one another. Spend time looking outside that bubble and, and look at politics, look at culture, look at the media. It, it's, it's insanity. It just reigns as though it's a virtue. And yet, how much are we caught up in that? That we see those who want to do such terrible things to our nation, to our culture, to our communities. How often do we show animosity rather than compassion? Because remember, at some point, somebody showed compassion on you. At some point, somebody desired for you to, to know Christ. And they gave you a tract. They shared the gospel with you. Or maybe you were brought up in the church because your parents loved Jesus Christ and they wanted you to know him. And they prayed for you. And they studied with you. And they poured their lives into you. And one day you went from being a child of the world at war with God to a child of God. With all the rights and privileges of, of, of his child. And you get to inherit eternity because of him. 
I don't say this so that we don't, we have some sort of, no, oh, how can I put this? Some sort of wishy-washy kumbaya moment when people do us, do us wrong. Most definitely, we want justice done. But also, could we not be praying for those who hurt us? Because if they've done this, there's a good likelihood they don't know Christ. And they are at war with Him. And one day they're going to face judgment like one day you were uh, potentially facing. Yet you are now in Christ and you are redeemed. Yet they are outside of Christ and they are facing eternal condemnation. While we may cry for justice in this life, then there is no, nothing wrong with that. If someone does wrong to you, somebody takes a loved one from you, somebody breaks into your home and steals, somebody harms you in some way, somebody has made your life just a, a torment to live, and we can see justice done in this, in this life, is that wrong to desire? Of course not. We absolutely should desire justice. But at the same time, remember that someone once had compassion on you Show compassion at a minimum in praying for them. Because imagine the person who now torments you, who makes your life so painful, so difficult. Imagine them coming to Christ. And with that changed heart, with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, with the, the work of Christ changing them day by day, Can you imagine how much greater joy that brings when that person no longer is at war with God and is no longer seeking to harm or hurt others, but now wants to be a servant of Christ? Imagine the joy of you would see in watching that person who was once your enemy now becoming your brother or sister in Christ. I say this as a comfort because we serve a God who is just and righteous, but we serve a God of mercy as well. I want us to remember, not be so caught up in remembering that we serve a God of justice, that we're kind of then sitting there like Jonah, not wanting anybody to be saved because I want those terrible Ninevites to be condemned and sent to hell. How dare God want to save them? That was Jonah. And when he did, when they were, did get saved, when they repented, Jonah was bitter, hated it, said, this is why I didn't want to go, God, because I knew you'd save them. I knew they'd repent and you'd forgive them. We don't want to be a Jonah. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no comfort in that because Jonah felt was, you know, basically Jonah's a racist. <laughs> you know, he didn't want the Ninevites to be saved. Let's not find such comfort in knowing that our God is a God of justice, that we forget that God is a God of mercy for those who will repent and put their faith in Christ. So we can find comfort on two sides of this coin. First is the comfort in knowing that every affliction, every trial, every difficulty we face is appointed by God. And He has promised that there comes a day 
when we will no longer face difficulty, toil, drudgery, there'll be no more pain, no more tears. Now that won't that in itself will not happen in its fullest until we are standing before him in eternity. But know now that what you feel now and the pain and the difficulty you feel now one day will be completely forgotten. That you stand in glory before the Lord and never again will you ever feel pain or misery, regret or despair. It'll all be gone. Because if you're in Christ, that's the promise. That you will be in His presence and you will face joy and peace for eternity. We also can face the you know know that uh, find joy in the knowledge that those who bring affliction upon us, those who have harmed us and hurt us, those who are outside of Christ and who are uh, willingly and purposefully harming us, who have afflicted us, persecuted us, or because of their own negligence and lack of care brought pain into our lives, God will hold them accountable. There is not an evil doer in this world that will not face his judgment. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He is not slack concerning his promises. He will balance those scales and those people will face his eternal wrath. And so we can find peace knowing that even though evil seems to grow rampant in our day, that we serve a God who will not let a single one of these evil acts go unpunished. And so, while it is right and good to stand up for righteousness, to stand up for what is right and good in this world, to call upon our governments to do that which is, uh, is the will of God, we, we can do that. We also know that it's not going to end by governmental action, by voting or election, by protest or any kind of legislation. The evil of this world will continue on until the day that Christ calls us home. And the comfort in that is that while we may try to stem the tide of evil in our day, whether we find some success or not, ultimately God will judge it all. God will hold into account all those who have committed evil. And there is no there is no wicked man, no evil employer who's withheld wages, no person who has persecuted the church or uh, any of those things that God will not call into account on the day of judgment. And so there's peace there. There is comfort there. And ultimately, you are God's child and you are of more value than the sparrows that fall from the sky. And if God cares about the sparrows and the hairs that fall from your head, how much more does he care for you knowing what you're going through and allowing it for his purposes, but will one day bring you into peace? Just know that you are his child. If you are in Christ, you are his child. Now, I'm sorry. If you think that every per person on this earth is a, ch a child of God, you are sadly mistaken. Because there are two types of people. There are those who are in Adam, those dead in their trespasses and sins. And those who are in Christ, who God has given the right to be called children of God. Only those in Christ are children of God. There are no anonymous Christians. There are no people who are saved because they're good, generally speaking, there are no people who, uh, well, they're, they're trying to find, you know, they're kind of grasping toward the 
God of some kind, so that's okay. No, there are no children of God outside of Christ. And if you object to that, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. And I don't care how sincerely but you believe it, you are sincerely wrong. God has made that clear. Only those in Christ have the right to be called children of God. And that's important because those outside of him will face judgment. And if you are in Christ, you face eternal peace. And that's where you find comfort because you are his child and he cares for you. And finally, as I said, what else can bring us peace is knowing that those who currently are in, under his wrath, those are the people we are called to pray for and share the gospel with. Because God desires to bring sinners to repentance. He desires to see the guilty saved. And so those who harm us and hurt us, we are called to pray for and share the gospel with. And we can have joy and peace knowing that God can take an evil, nasty, villainous person like this and he can bring them to salvation. And every time we hear one of those stories, when every time it comes across the news feed or uh, something on your social media and you hear about this terrible, vile person who now professes Christ, we can rejoice with the angels in heaven because God has saved them. Because like he is a God of justice, he is a God of mercy. <coughs> Excuse me. So I hope this brings you some comfort. I hope thinking about these things has caused you to take a step back in the moment of your affliction and your pain and remember the God that you serve. He is a truly wonderful, amazing, holy, righteous, and awesome God. And we have the privilege of being called His children. That is where you will find peace. That is where you'll find joy. That's where you find comfort. He may allow you relief from your affliction. He may not. But there's a day coming when it's all gone. And we can look forward to that day. And that is what carries us through. That is what carries us through the difficult times. Is the knowledge that we will be with Him for eternity. It is what drives us to live holy lives. To be made more like Him. So that our walk matches what we say. And that we are pleasing to Him. Even when it's hard. It is what drives us to be truthful about His Word. To not compromise it. Because we know the world is watching and the world needs to hear His Word preached. So that it might repent and put their faith in the Savior. It is what drives us every day. Knowing that His promises are sure. So I hope this has brought you comfort. I pray that that's the case. It certainly caught me a little bit. Life's not always easy. And, you know, some days I have difficult days just like the rest of you. Sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's home. Sometimes it's finances. Sometimes it's an extended family. But we all face that. And I certainly have seen it. And there are days where you just want to beat your head into a rock and say, I want it to stop. That's not the answer. Just gives you a migraine, <laughs> really. Like all of you, I, I face... I, I face anxiety, I face depression, I face all the things that we all are, that are common to all of us. I could go to a therapist, I can go to, and get medication, I can do all those things that 
everybody in the rest in the world does and, and maybe it'll make me feel better for a time but that's not where the peace is that's not where the joy is the joy is knowing that my god values me more than many sparrows now it's easy for me to say this right now i just read it in the last couple of days what about a week from now what about a month from now what about next year that's why you read your bible every day and you pray and then you put to practice what you learn because every day we grow stronger in the Lord. And every day, we're going to face new trials, new difficulties. So just keep moving forward. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. Stay faithful. Stay obedient. And even when the days are hard and they're dark, you have a promise that there is a light at the end of that tunnel. It's called eternity. And you get to spend eternity with Him who saved you. So that is my word of comfort for you today. I hope it has done for you what it did for me in the last couple of days. And I hope the next week, I'm not doing this by myself again, that <laughs> my brother Rich can be back with us and uh, pray that we get these uh, these little techno things figured out and maybe we can use another platform to, to put these issues out there and um, get people to think about the word of God. Thank you for being with me this week. Uh, just a rem reminder, we do have... Uh, the website slave to the king.com you can find our social media links there you can find all the programs previous programs there uh, there as as i said before the contact us link i got to figure out how to set up to go directly into the email but i now that i know it's there i can be checking it uh, that it goes into its own little box you can still contact us feel free to do that Pray for all those who were at the G3 conferences last week. Uh, sounds like they were blessed like crazy. Pray that they go back home to their churches and put everything they learned into practice about worship. And uh, I look forward to seeing that come uh, come out to download when the, the audios are available. So God bless you guys. Good night. We will see you next time.